Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. It's Friday. What a jam-packed Friday. Great conversation with Gavin McGinnis, Bill O'Reilly, Megan Kelly, and we go all through last night's debate. This is one you don't want to miss. Also, tomorrow night at mercuryone.org, m1nextchapter.com, my Facebook page, YouTube page, also on the Blaze TV, a mega special. Uh, Mercury One's next chapter. We have an update, an incredible update from the field where um, rescues are going on of slaves all over the world. We concentrate on the Middle East tomorrow night. Um, We also are going to be announcing something that I think every American needs. We are introducing our American Journey Center uh, where we have classrooms set up for in-person class and also free virtual classes that you'll be able to take to learn history, not only from the experts, but from the writings in their own handwriting and the original documents of our founders. We announce that tomorrow uh, on those websites. Make sure you join us tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And you'll be able to find that uh, again at my Facebook page, blazetv.com uh, or mercuryone.org. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Walking the streets of New York in his disco boots. Mr. Bill O'Reilly. Hello, Bill. How are you? Just call me Superfly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are things? Um, busy like you. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're uh, we're moguls. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. No, on, I know. Uh, I know. And I, I and you got another book out. What a surprise! Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, yep. He's actually got uh, Killing Crazy Horse, and maybe, maybe I'll give you a couple of minutes to mention uh, your new book, Killing Crazy Horse, which has been a New York Times bestseller now for God knows how long. Uh, and you can get it uh, wherever books are sold. I might allow you to say that a little later. Very uh, kind of you, Beck. But yeah. that's the uh, you know that's your general disposition. Very yes. generous. Very kind. Yeah. So you uh, you seem to be kind of in a happy mood. Tell me about what happened with Donald Trump last night, uh, what your take is, and was it enough, and is it, is it soon enough? Well, Trump won the debate. He was more commanding, and he had a very um, self-assured, fact-based presentation primarily. Can so I there wasn't a lot of immature nonsense that we saw in the first debate. Biden held his own, though. And Biden was much better than uh, he has been in recent memory in the sense that he was able to get his opinion across and you knew what he was talking about. He faltered at the end when he got tired. You could see he was looking at his watch. You know, he's going, listen, do I get milk or not? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been up this late since 1946. It was one. It was one of those things. And, you know. You know, when you get tired, it's late, you get cramped. So Biden faltered a little bit at the end, but he he held his own. But let's talk about Trump, because that it was all about him last night in the sense that if he had not performed well, 
he would have lost the election. So he's put himself back into play in the sense that I don't believe any of this. There aren't any undecided voters. I'll believe any of that. He also, I think, made gains among African-Americans because that was his strongest suit last night. It was good. You know, he said, look, this is what I've done. And then Biden does what Biden always does. Well, I'm going to do that. You know, and for eight years, Biden and Obama didn't do a damn thing. And 47 years, 47 uh, in the Senate. That's a different thing, though. Look, Biden and, and, and Obama had an opportunity to reshape the debate in this country on race, and they did not do it. So they didn't elevate, they didn't say, look, we got a problem here because uh, there's a terrible education system in the poor neighborhoods. It's impacting on the children negatively, and they're growing up and they're committing more crimes proportionally mm. than whites. That's what it's all about. Well, I don't care Bill, 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 let me, let me remind you what Joe Biden said. They had a Republican Congress. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there wasn't even the debate. <laughs> and I know this because I, on more than one occasion, spoke to the president off the record about this. Because I was involved with the Brothers Keeper program. We can talk about that a little later on if you want. But I, I, I'm telling you the exact truth, that they weren't able to get the discussion into the public arena, and I don't even know how hard they tried. So he comes on, and of course, with his usual bombast, Donald Trump, ah, the greatest president for blacks is Abraham Lincoln. Um, I don't know if you really need that. Maybe you say since Martin Van Buren, yeah. you, know, but you probably right. want to leave Lincoln out of it. Right. However, he doesn't. Um, and then he, but he, then he goes on to list an impressive array of accomplishments that help African-Americans. Yeah. So he may have cleaved some votes off there. I mean, I was watching it with Ice Cube, and we were both impressed. <laughs> so, That's not true. That's so, joke. no, right. you weren't with Ice Cube? Because I know you guys hang out all the time. I, I invited him, but I, I don't know where he was last night, and I really don't want to know. Right. Okay. So, uh, so, Bill, what was the big takeaway last night was it that he is he's only banning fracking on federal land oh that what a disaster that was yeah Uh, and and i am gonna i am gonna get rid of fossil fuels and uh and oil by 2035 so we've got 14 years at the end when he started in on that i expected him to say and um, flush toilets are forget it you've got to go outside again um you know it, it was really that could very well hurt him in Pennsylvania and Ohio and Texas. You know, he's going to win Texas anyway. Mm. Uh, Trump, Trump will. Mm. Um, Be no, careful. No, look, Beck, I'm telling you, Beck, you want to put a little... A no, I, I would not bet, but I wouldn't okay. bet. I wouldn't bet either way on this uh, election. I, I mean, I have yeah. no idea what's going on, but I will tell you. I just talked to somebody. In fact, let me read the um, email that yeah. I got uh, last night, and it was very, very positive. Uh, Glenn had extensive briefing on inside polling numbers from the field, extremely different from what most of the national media is showing. 
based on the numbers right now, Trump is doing very good in the battleground states. Interestingly, numbers currently show Texas is more of a problem than several of the battleground states. Uh, Democrats are crushing Republicans in the urban and suburban areas, but it looks like the rural areas are outperforming, which may make the difference in Texas. All right. I, I mean, it's, I heard that Cruz was going to lose last time and that Beto O'Rourke was going to be the nom. Uh, look, you know, no, I know. I know. But Cruz did win. lose. Uh, Cruz won by how many? Five points? Two points. Six. I mean, six. six points. I believe it was. Uh, I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put everybody uh, to rest. I'm calling Texas for Trump now. So just put it on that little board. We all you, know, you have. Now we're gonna I'm be banned by Twitter and Facebook, right. and Google's gonna yeah. send their police squad out. To, but to... you know, it is gonna be a close election. I do believe that. I think um, that last night in the debate. Trump helped himself more than Biden did. And that's always how you calibrate a winner. Always in a debate. Who helped themselves more? Trump did. Because he didn't come across as oafish. Word of the day, oafish. O-A-F-I-S-H. I eat oafish all the time. You don't have to spell it. You need a tutor and I will pick it up. So, Bill, is it was it enough in time uh yeah oh yeah look we're living in a in a warp speed age and between now and election day you're going to have a lot more um how much money did biden take from ukraine i mean that story isn't going away and i caution everybody on this story i believe myself that joe biden is an old-time paul that enriched his family because of his public service. That's what I believe. And it is entirely possible that he enriched himself in the process. Okay, I always think about Gerald Ford, a guy from Grand Rapids, Michigan, without a penny, and he retires to Palm Springs and and living in a lavish mansion. Uh, How did that happen? Anyway, um, I believe that story, but I caution people about the details of it. Because there's a lot of stuff we haven't nailed down yet, so don't be running around. But that thing is in play. And, you know, people, they hear things. If, if there is more that comes forth that shows uh, Biden as vice president and, center and senator enriched himself and his family, that's going to be huge. So that's there. And Trump was pretty good last night. Getting that out, even though the debate moderator, who I thought did a pretty good job, Miss Welker, every time he tried to do it, she jumped in right. and, and diverted the question away. It was like Leslie Stahl when you saw the 60 Minutes interview, which I think everybody should watch the whole thing, not, not the edited version on Sunday. You know, Trump looked at her and he goes, well, are you kidding me? This is the biggest story, political story. You're not covering. And she goes, and it isn't verified. We haven't, we haven't verified it. And I'm saying to myself, for two and a half years, CBS News pounded the guy in a Russian collusion. It was not one single thing verified. And every night you did it. And now you won't even discuss this Biden thing with, with Trump? Come on. I mean, Americans, some of them are stupid back but most of them aren't stupid. They get it. They see the fixes in. They're suspicious of Joe Biden. 
I mean, the good thing about Trump is that we know everything about Trump. All right? We know it. If you read the United States of Trump, you know him. You're not going to be surprised in the next nine days. Biden, you might be. I, I think there's a couple of I think there's a couple of things here on, on this. I thought Donald Trump did a great job last night going. They spent forty six million dollars in three and three quarters years trying to discredit me, trying to dig up anything on me, right. the family, our business, etc. They got nothing. They got nothing. He said, give me a million bucks. I think I can find a lot on this guy. Listen, he made some excellent points. Donald Trump did. But you you raise the question, is it enough? And it isn't enough for the people who hate him. And there was one other thing, and he he left a couple of opportunities on, you know, as I said last night. I I just can't believe he didn't bring up when they were talking the border, look at Biden and say, "Uh, you want to explain to me why the American taxpayers should pay all the health care costs for undocumented aliens? Mm -hmm. That's a knockout blow. So rather than being on the defense, you bring stuff like that up. I kept waiting for it. It never never happened. And on the COVID, which if Trump loses, it'll be because of COVID. That's why. All he had to do was look into the camera and say, you know, in hindsight, I wish I had been more pro-mask. I wish I had encouraged that a little bit more than I did. But we didn't know we were getting conflicted information. And the major things that I did saved a lot of lives. But he'll never make that kind of a concession. But anyway, um, going forward, which I think everybody wants to do now, um, Trump has a real chance to win. And the polls are bogus. We know that. The polls I'm watching are Rasmussen and Trafalgar, both of which were right last time, four years ago. And they both show him... Um, you know, in not in a great position, but not in a dire position. He could win. Fall is in the air, and for me, that means saying goodbye to the Texas heat, at least for a couple of months until it's back again. But I don't know about you. I'm not ready to hang up my grilling apron just yet. That's because I have the smartest, best grill out there. It's the Rectech. With its smart grill technology, I can be cooking on just about anything I want to delicious perfection. I've never been able to cook a good steak. Never. Until I got the Rectech. You don't even have to stand there. It has smart grill technology. You can be inside. You can be someplace else. And all of a sudden, your ribs are cooked perfectly. The Rectech is sleek, beautiful, made with heavy stainless steel. It's like grilling on a tank. Make sure you check out the difference. AB Compare. Go to their website now and look and see the difference of a Rectech with their smart grill technology. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. That's R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. Rectech. Smart grill technology. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. to wake you up i know you uh you probably had more drinking than we did in your uh, coverage of the debate last night well i think biden attacked us and the joke was p-o-u-r he was implying that we drink too much and when someone accuses you of that the first thing you want to do is have a drink right i'm just a poor boy nobody loves me right so we went 
I went to the pub and I was accosted by feminists at the pub. Um, a, a very fat woman and one with a shaved head. And uh, the left, the left, it's their right to to interrogate you when they see a, a, a popular conservative in public. Mm-hmm. So I had to answer all these questions like the Spanish Inquisition. And I, the, when this happens, it'll probably happen to you too. You just say, show me a right-wing riot. And I demanded she show me that. And she pulled up something on her phone about people demonstrating against COVID. And it, it ended the night, it ended the, the interrogation, and she just yelled, you're a Nazi on the way out of the bar. <laughs> so, Gavin, I have to ask you. Um, because you started the Proud Boys kind of as a joke. I mean, you know, like like you just did. You know, you 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 over the top masculinity uh, just to just to really kind of hack people off, right? Yes. Yeah. It's still a joke. It's it's it, people say it started as a joke and then it went out of control. No, it started as a joke. It's still a joke. Yes, there's violence because there's violence. I mean, we're living in violence right now. That's the era we're in. I think rich, upper-middle-class whites don't see the violence in their face, but in Manhattan, if I do a talk, if if Faith Goldie does a talk, if Cassandra Fairbanks is walking with her kid, there's violence. So we're happy to fight them. No one else is, and that makes us violent. Uh, So uh, the the Proud Boys, if I'm not mistaken... You refuse to go to the uh, Unite the Right rally, which is the one that everybody says, you know, Donald Trump, he said there's good people on both sides. There were Nazis there. Uh, but you guys weren't there, weren't you? Were you? I expected a high five after Charlottesville because I said, I don't like this Jason Kessler dude. He lied about being all right. This is smelling like a rat. They're t- calling it a statues demonstration, but I feel like it's going to be a Nazi thing. I was correct. I called it months in advance. I said, if you go to that thing, you're out of the proud boys. Sorry, the poor boys. Um, and <laughs> that makes me after, hungry. Like but, they said, no, there was a couple guys there or something. And I didn't get my high five for predicting that it was a Nazi thing. I'm at the point now where I think Charlottesville was, was a fed operation. I think Jason Kess was a fed. It, it just, it, it reeks of a setup and we spotted it. Yet we're still blamed for it. I did Newsmax yesterday, and I had to sit there like a bad boy with my hand out and, and repeat, I'm not a white supremacist. I'm not a white nationalist. It's, it's this weird anti-white humiliation we have to do. Um, so, Gavin, when you hear Joe Biden talk about the one group, single out one group besides the Nazis, and you weren't even there, and you were warning against it, how does that make you feel? It makes me insane. And my wife's a liberal. She's lost all her friends. You know, she's got all these pr- pr- family problems because of this lie. This this election, this these past four years have been Orwellian. Everything up is down. And the fact that we're out there trying to promote, uh, you know, the First and Second Amendment and American values and being called Nazis for it is just, it, you got to laugh. You got to see the humor in it. We're living we're living in the craziest time in history, but it's also the funniest time in history. Okay, I have to tell you that this is not something that I would ever wish on myself or anybody else, but if it happens, it's kind of cool. To be singled out as a as the the mullahs in Iran using something you came up with as a joke and 
and them using it to twi- try to sway the election. I mean, that's I mean, in some ways, that's kind of I wouldn't want it to happen to me or you, honestly. But I mean, it's kind of cool that it did. Right. It is funny. It'll be fun to tell my grandchildren and right. as, as someone in media. You want to have influence. So it is cool that we've come up in the past two, the only two presidential debates. That's that's interesting. But what a clown world. And they're not sending their best, like sending an email from Proud Boys that says we're going to kill you if you don't vote for Trump. Obviously, the FBI is going to trace those emails. Obviously, you're going to get caught. Your son left a laptop at a repair place. Could you be more amateur at this? I, I think the, they're, they're just spoiled brats. They're like monarchs. We're dealing with the, that weird gay king in the movie Braveheart. <laughs> the weird, that's a, that's might be a little obscure, uh, you know, all these years later. but He's like a prince or something. Right. I don't, I don't remember. But strangely, I do kind of have a recollection of that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, Gavin... Are are you voting for Donald Trump, or did you vote for him last time? I back him a thousand percent. Uh, he's going to win in a landslide. The the left will contest it. They will talk about mail in ballots. They will contest it so much that uh, come January first, he's, he's going to have to use the Supreme Court to say, "Finish counting your stupid fake ballots. We got to get to work here." And then they'll contest it for the next four years. You know they're going to blame you. And the Proud Boys for anything that happens violent in the streets. Yes. And isn't that amazing? It's been five months of rioting. I count 32 deaths directly, not not tangentially related to the riots, but actually in the riots, 32 deaths. Uh, it's been $3 billion worth of damage, the most in American history. 98 of the biggest 100 cities in America have experienced rioting. Every single state has had statues destroyed. And the news, including Fox News, by the way, is what if Proud Boys riot? What if they get mad? What? (laughs) They're so scared of mythical riots. It's all this what if militia groups get mad. Why don't you look out your window right now and look at the left wing groups that are burning the country to the ground? How is that not a problem? They're not mostly peaceful, Michelle. Gavin. Uh, I thank you for the uh, the evidence on uh, uh, how racist uh, you really are when you so talk about all the deaths that uh, BLM uh, has caused. We all know those were COVID deaths. Uh, yeah, those deaths, by the way, those 32 deaths are mostly black and Hispanic. And they're from COVID. Nope. <laughs> uh, thank you so much gavin i appreciate it. thanks for coming on uh the uh program and it's just got to be surreal being you uh this week i've been i've been thinking about you a lot every time i hear about the poor boys uh i think i this has got to be surreal got to be a surreal world thank you so much gavin appreciate it This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. A world-renowned journalist, somebody who has interviewed just about every damn prime minister on the planet, uh, every famous person on the planet, Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People in the World, Hollywood Reporter's Women in Entertainment, Power 100, 
she was on the cover of Vanity Fair, only the second news anchor in history to do that. She's also practiced law, a litigator for nine years. Her memoir, Settled for More, debuted at number one on the New York Times. She has also moderated five presidential debates, and that's why I wanted to have her on now. She's also the host of a brand new podcast called The Megan Kelly Show, found wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the program, friend of the program, Megan Kelly. Hi, Megan. Hey. Megan, Megan, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay. I can hear you. Thank okay. you for that very nice introduction. Yeah, thank you. Um, so <laughs> I, I saw you rant a bit, and I want to talk to you about the debate, but I want to start with the the press. Have you ever seen anything like what the press is doing right now on uh, 60 Minutes, but also Joe Biden's scandal? No, it's disgusting. It's just it's stomach turning, but it's just a continuation of what we've seen over the past couple of years. They are their Trump derangement syndrome has blinded them to what they're doing to their own credibility. They, they can't get it back. It's too late. They've already sacrificed it. And now no one is listening to them other than the hard partisans for whom they craft their news. So the the, the 60 minutes thing was really eye opening, wasn't it? So let's go over that. Tell me what you tell me your takeaways on that. So I, I'm like, I watch 60 minutes. I'm like a mild fan of it. I, it's kind of stodgy and it's pretty old school, but you know, I grew up seeing it. So you got that. And I loved Mike Wallace. I thought he was the best ever. He's like, if you ask me who I want to be like, that's who I want to be like, Mike Wallace. But anyway, Leslie Stahl, when I watched her the, on the un, unedited 37 Minutes, my main takeaway was the 60 Minutes producers are so much better than we've been giving them credit for. Like, they took this woman, and I'm sorry uh, to rip on her, but who sounded whiny and petulant and immature and biased and unprepared and they somehow wind up slicing and dicing it to the point where we have this image of a professional, smooth, polished, tough interviewer. Mm. Um, but she, like, I, I could give you 10 examples. One, one just off the top of my head is, like, she was pressing him on why he doesn't make the people who go to the Donald Trump rallies wear masks. You're very powerful. Why? Why don't you tell them? And, you know, Trump... He never hits it right on the head. He's just kind of like, oh, I tell him, I tell him. It's like, why didn't he look at her and say, Leslie, I'm not their daddy. They understand that masks and social distancing are what is recommended. I don't run through the crowds and say, and you, and you, and you. That is not my job. They're grownups. They can make their own. And just her her whininess on the subject betrayed her bias and hatred for Trump. Yes. But it went down the line on every question. She also claimed that Joe Biden's not in a scandal at all. There's no scandal. What? I I tweeted out, and I really believe this. It was such a meta moment. It's like, so media refuses to cover a scandal uh, because it's going to hurt Joe Biden. And then when the actual other candidate says, hey, that guy's having a scandal, media responds with, what scandal? There's no scandal. Right. There's no scandal because you refuse to cover it. Like there's no, right? If If you don't hear the bear in the woods or whatever, however the saying goes, there is they're there. And now we've heard it from enough witnesses who were involved in it and the DNI saying this is not Russian disinformation, that the press has run out of excuses to not try to cover it. And the only obvious explanation for it all is the one that we knew from the beginning, which is their bias toward Biden and, and against Trump. So is so, 
the information, <clears throat> excuse me, the information that has come out um, right now, how would you have covered the laptop and the information? What, what do you think is a reasonable way to cover that now? Well, I think you try to track down the legally blind computer repairman. I just can't, I can't really get past that part of the story. I don't understand how you wind up in that line of work when you're leaving. But anyway. It's yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Right? right. Okay. So anyway, um, you track him down. You ask him questions You know that, that may or may not lend credibility to the story. You do what Fox News did and actually what I have done as well, which is try to get the uh, Hunter Biden signature on you know when he gave the laptop, which I've seen personally, and so as some of the inquiring media like Fox, um, you try to take a look at the emails yourself. You go through the chain of custody to figure out how you got the emails, and then understanding that you're not going to get that laptop, you're not going to get the original source because the FBI has it. You disclose that to your audience, and you say, "Look, this is what we did to try to satisfy ourselves. This is a real story. There is this asterisk because no one's going to be able to see the actual laptop, and let the viewers decide." whether they think this is credible or not credible. But all the time, news organizations go to press with stories that they can't com completely know are 100% bulletproof. Hello, steel dossier. <laughs> everything for the last five years, everything uh, that they have run with. Let, let, me, um, let me take you to, the, uh, to the, the statement from NPR. Did you happen to read that? Yeah. It's outrageous. Uh, it's completely outrageous. It is it is saying we know better than you do. We're not going to cover this because there's not even a story here. Well, of course there's a story there. Even if it turned out that the story was Rudy Giuliani made that laptop out of chewing gum and uh and foil wrappers, that's a story. But yep. for them to say there's no story especially at this time. My question is did Donald Trump do enough and 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 how do you combat when half of the country is getting their news and vast portions of what's really going on are just gone? How do you break through and did he do enough to at least incite some curiosity on wait what is he even talking about? Well, first and foremost, NPR gets federal tax dollars, so it's just it's really outrageous that they they should be so openly biased and show absolutely zero interest to actually investigate major facts in a presidential race. Shame on them. But I do think this race is in large in large ways between Donald Trump and the media, and I think they've completely declared against him and it's really hard for him to break through because I think a lot of independents, those are the only persuadables, maybe some working class Democrats are, they watch CNN thinking this is the news. Like this is, I'm getting the news. They know what they watch MSNBC, they're getting left, left wing bias. But I think there's still a hangover reputation for CNN that it might just be real news instead of MSNBC under different call letters. And so if I were Trump, if I, you know, if I were advising Trump, I would have said, Mr. President, before you go out there tonight, you have to assume they don't know anything about this. People are living their lives. They're not obsessing about Hunter Biden. Trust me. So if you want to make this point, you're going to have to you're going to have to sort of forgive the term, dumb it down so that people who aren't steeped in news can get it and can get it easily. Like, let me tell you, members of the American public, this guy is as corrupt as they come. He says he had no business dealings with his son, Hunter, who's deeply troubled. Well, he has. And now we know because of a laptop that Hunter Biden gave to some repairman and never picked up that 
Hunter Biden was cutting deals in Ukraine. He was trying to cut deals in China, some of which looped Joe Biden in as a monetary participant, some of which looped him in as just the guy who needed to do something so Hunter could get paid while Biden was vice president. Either way you look at it, it's totally corrupt. And the media blackout of the story shows you, American people, that it's you and me working against them. Well, he didn't do that, <laughs> but that would have been very, very good. Uh, but he didn't. He didn't do that. Um, yeah. You have He's done clear on the complex stuff. Um, you are. You have done five presidential debates. Um, this, I think, was the best moderator yet of these debates. But can you tell me? As I looked, they were supposed to talk about foreign policy, but of course, nobody wants to talk about foreign policy because what's going on in the Middle East, which is miraculous what's happening yeah. in the Middle East. Um, but as, as you look at that, it was COVID, which they covered ad nauseum, uh, the first debate and the second debate. Uh, there was no foreign policy and everything was really kind of playing towards Biden's POV. Of course. So is that the moderator's responsibility? Yes. I mean, I agree with you that she was the best so far. And I like Kristen Welker. I knew her a little when I worked at NBC, and and I think she's a stand-up person. Um, I think she managed the two candidates as well as anyone could. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But I I do think some of her left-wing bias was reflected in the overwhelming number of times she interrupted Trump instead of Biden. And in the topic selection, I mean, why wouldn't we be talking about what's happening in the Middle East or Afghanistan? Um, and instead, once again, back to Black Lives Matter and race. I mean, this is like the the left is obsessed. They are obsessed with pigmentation and genitalia. It's like everything is seen through the, the lens of like lady parts and pigmentation. I'm sick of it. It's like we've covered this now at so many debates. I can't believe she didn't ask him the you've refused to condemn white I know, supremacy. I know, I know. But she got around to, you know, like you've said this stuff about Black Lives Matter. Again, not a question to Joe Biden about where's his condemnation for Antifa, mm-hmm. which actually is causing mm-hmm. riots in the streets right now. So it, it is frustrating to me as somebody who's more in the middle, the way the news media approaches. Forget Donald Trump because he's controversial, but just Republicans in general. But I thought understanding that the bias is baked in, she did about as well as you could expect from somebody who's, you know, probably leaning over that way. Do you believe the polls? Not really. Not really. I I have to say I in general, I do. And so I have a history of believing them. But I think we learned through Trump last year that there's real reason to doubt them when Donald Trump is involved. So what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Well, let me tell you something, Glenn. If you look at where Joe Biden is polling today versus where Hillary Clinton was polling on this exact same date uh, four years ago. She was polling better than Joe Biden is in virtually every swing state, virtually all of them, versus Donald Trump. And she lost the race. So don't let anyone tell you that just because Joe Biden is polling ahead, even in the swing states, he's got this thing locked up. He doesn't. And I actually think there's even more reason this time around to doubt the polls than the last time because... People have been more shamed than ever to say that they like Donald Trump. People are getting kicked out of their sororities for saying that. They're getting their hands slapped on Twitter. Their companies are getting they're getting fired if they like a tweet that you know, is controversial about Black Lives Matter. Like the, our whole society is cracked down on freedom of opinion, and I think they're more afraid than ever to say how they really feel when they go in that voting booth. It's between them and their God. And if I had to put money on it right now, I would put money on Trump. 
but it's anybody's ballgame. Last question, question. Megan. Um, When you look at what is um, what's coming, it could go either way. I tend to agree with you that it's going to go Trump's way. Um, But we know that the left has planned. I mean, they announced that they had 200 organizations already ready for protests if Donald Trump wins. Um, How is that going to come down? What is the press going to do if he wins? I mean, I think you know the answer to that question, right? There, there. It's going to be a calamity. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be like Adolf Hitler was. It was put into the Oval Office by an American public that doesn't care at all about anybody in any minority group. And you're going to see anchors openly shedding tears on election night. Whereas if Biden wins, Republicans will suck it up and move on. I mean, that's just that's the way people are built in this country. We've seen it happen enough times. Whoever wins, half the country will tune out from traditional media for the next few months. And I actually believe, based on my own history, that they'll come to people like you, like me, they'll come to podcasts where they can hear smart, cultural discussions that aren't necessarily all politics, mm-hmm. either for soothing, for a soothing balm and an escape, or um, just to hear like a smart take on what the country may be going through at that time. So I think it'll be good for podcasters, you know, like like me and like you, and I mean, you're more than a podcaster, but... Um, (laughs) we're all all in we all do the same we're all shoveling the same crap every day um i'd I'd love to have gonna be a lot of tears a lot of tears and a lot of playing up of anything that's dramatic on television megan i appreciate you and and your point of view and being on the program i'd love to have you on again because you said something yesterday you tweeted it's fun being outside corporate media and i would love to unpack that with you but i'm out of time this time uh hope to have you on again thank you so much megan uh, you bet. Uh, she is um, the host of the Megan Kelly Show now on podcast, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Na, 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 na.